From Relay FM, this is The Pen Addict, episode 578. Today's show is brought to you by Pen Chalet and Factor. My name is Mike Hurley, and I'm joined by Brad Dowdy. Hi, Brad. Hey, Mike. How are you? I'm pretty good. I was low energy today mm-hmm. before I got started. And then we, me and you just chatted <laughs> beforehand about uh, a song by T-Rex called Get It On. We spoke about that for a mm-hmm. bit and Battersea mm-hmm. Power Station. This was all for mm-hmm. people, the small <laughs> amount of people that listen live and none of this makes any sense <laughs> to anyone else. But, you know, we're just friends, just, just you know, yeah. talking as we do. And uh, now I'm in much better spirits. Yeah, I think that happens to me a lot. I always talk about how it doesn't matter the mood I'm in going into the Panatic podcast when I come out. I'm always just like floating. Like it's always such a good talk. And yep. you know what I think it is? Is that we're such good friends, mm-hmm. but we don't talk to each other every day, mm-hmm. right? So we'll sometimes we don't even talk between shows. Like we'll talk in like show prep if I need something or whatever. But we're most of our talking happens between like Tuesday and Wednesday. Um, and then, you know, we're always interested to say, Hey, what's up? How's it going? And we always get off on these little tangents and puts us in good moods to talk about all things stationary. And, you know, we're going to know, do you want to bang the gong? You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> get it on. But I do know what you mean. This is one of the things of like why I started podcasting and, and like to continue doing it is because I actually have an excuse to talk to my best friends every mm-hmm. single week which mm-hmm. is not a thing i do with my my best friends that aren't my podcast co-hosts we do not right. talk for an hour or two every week about the things that we enjoy so yeah and honestly not to get too meta about the whole whole thing but that's actually i think what makes this a good show mm-hmm. is is like our relationship outside of this yeah even though we don't talk to each other like every day right like i, I mean i i, I recognize it in the shows that I enjoy. The the, the podcast mm-hmm. that I enjoy most, there tends to be a good relationship between the hosts or even like a host and a guest. Like I listen to some right. shows that have like, do not have two fixed hosts, but they have fixed guests and like they, mm-hmm. these, pe- these people are friends and they have good relationships. So you could still hear the, the camaraderie. Um, but yeah, the, the shows that I enjoy most are the ones where like you can just tell people are friends when it's like, yep. We're a couple of co-workers and we're just doing our job here. Yeah, there is a place for that kind of thing. It's just not much for me. Yep, yep. That's the Those are the transactional podcasts. And yeah, that's fine. But you're not going to end up with 578 episodes of a podcast about pens yep. if we're just uh, having a, a transaction here once and a week. Speaking right? of, <laughs> mm. speaking of feeling a connection to your favorite yeah. podcasts, why don't you come and feel that connection in person. <laughs> On July 27th, 2024, Relay FM will be celebrating its 10th anniversary live in London, England at the Hackney Empire. Tickets are on sale now. Tickets have been selling very fast, Brad. We are way over half sold by now, which yeah. I would just uh, say we have currently sold more tickets for this show than we have sold for any show that we have mm-hmm. ever done in the company history. And we have sold those in like four days or something so the the venue seats 1200 people it is a beautiful historic theater in london the pictures are amazing it's unbelievable we're talking velvet seats we're talking like, like there's like gold leaf everywhere it yeah. is beautiful in there so i went to the hackney empire a couple of months ago i saw a show there and while i was sitting there i looked around and i was like <laughs> this is it and we made it work and we are going to be celebrating our 10th anniversary uh, at the Hackney Empire. It's going to feature many of our favorite Relay FM hosts. We're going to be playing a game of Family Feud like we did for our 5th anniversary show. Um, so it will be fun for all the family. Like This isn't going to be too techy or too stationary Like It's just going to be mm-hmm. a good time. We're going to hopefully have a bunch of hosts. Uh, details to be determined a little bit later on. Uh, but it's going to be a really good time. This is a show, we're not going to have any video of it. We hope to have an audio recording of it. Basically, if you want to enjoy this show, the best way to do it is to be live and in person. If you're in the UK, this is a no-brainer. If you're in Europe, it's a little bit still a no-brainer. If you're in America, it's kind of a good time. You know, if you, mm-hmm. uh, We've heard from so many people, Brad, who are like, mm-hmm. well, we wanted to do that trip to London. It's like, yep, come on over. I tell you when, July 2024, we're going to have a good time. <laughs> So I will be there. I will just go ahead and state that straight a up. A new um, podcaster the- approaches. This is my <laughs> this is my thing that I want to do. Like uh, 
we're probably later on going to do it visually rather than me just shouting into a microphone. But you're familiar <laughs> with Super Smash Brothers? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So totally. when they were announced characters for Smash, they would announce it as a new challenger approaches. Mm-hmm. And so my idea here is that like I want a, a new podcaster approaches. So you are now the second person to to um I'm trying to think of the word. Like you're committing to being yeah, there. Yeah, uh publicly committing. Yep. Publicly committing to to being there. Who was the first one? Federica. I was going to say Tichi, so, so yeah. Currently, the, the confirmed hosts are me and Steven, Federico, mm-hmm. and Brad. Yeah. So, uh, more to come soon, I'm mm-hmm. sure. Yeah, it will be. Um, still, it's a long ways out, but it's like really close, especially for someone like myself who is planning on bringing the family. Again, yes. your European vacation uh, family style. We have... We had such a good time, my wife and I, uh, the last time we were there for your wedding that we have been wanting to get back like every year since. So this is the biggest no-brainer for us since we've been waiting to do this and bring the kids um, to, you know, their first big trip out of the country, you know, got to do the whole passport thing. Like it's a whole big thing and we're we're very much looking forward to it. So we're actually going to start planning here soon. Um, can't plan soon enough for something like this. So yep. yeah, I hope to uh, see everyone there and Mike and I we're, are going to work on some other th- things up our sleeves yes. uh, to be announced. Type there will of be stuff. some specifically related pan addict activities i think yeah we'll do at least a pen addict thing if yeah. not multiple things yeah. so so there will be you know outside of the the obviously the live event we'll have a separate thing that we're going to work on that mm-hmm. that we have previously discussed and we think we can pull off so so go to relay.fm slash london is where you can find out more information and buy tickets um tickets are selling pretty fast so don't delay on this one uh, speaking of tickets, Mike, um, in the the opposite direction from me, London is one direction. San Francisco, Mike, is the other direction going west. Um, and San Francisco Pen Show's this week, and I am having the biggest FOMO ever. Mm. So you know, we've been talking about this for a while, and I, I've been alluding to the show because this is this is definitely one of my favorite shows. Like I think the DC Pen Show is the biggest it's probably going to continue to be the biggest if you want to have the best argument that's a different argument in san francisco is certainly in that category um especially for someone like myself who has just such a huge love for japanese stationery and stationery from the asian market um you know that's the tendency for san francisco will draw from that side of the world where dc draws from the european side of the world so what I did for this week's show, because I know a lot of people are going to the San Francisco Pen Show, and a lot of them might be first-time attendees, I made a list, like I did for DC, of what I wanted to see as if I were going oh, nice. to to the San Francisco Pen Show. So what would be on Brad's list if he was going to be at the San Francisco Pen Show? I'm calling this Brad's FOMO list. So I went through the exhibitors list and put down i don't know maybe 10 things for y'all to check out maybe not even that many um because a lot of a lot of people you know you know this is um even if you haven't been to a pen show you're going to know people like franklin christoph or shown design and Mm -hmm. you obviously want to go see all of that stuff at this show and they're going to be there but i wanted to point out a few other things that i would make a point to stop by early on my personal list. Number one on the list, um, and I did this in alphabetical order, so uh, just going down the exhibitors list, which we'll have a link in the show notes, I would stop by Bungu Box, of course. Yes. Uh, see my friends, uh, Kairu and Bruce, who are just two of my favorite people in the world. They always bring fun stuff to the San Francisco Pin Show from their shop. Um in japan and they do a really great job this is where i got the sneak preview of the 823 fujiyama blue last year um it hadn't been announced or launched yet and you know i got to see that at the show so you know you may want to swing by bungu box to check out what they have going on there and they always bring like a lot they bring a lot of their pens a lot of their inks all kinds of um interesting i bought a uh glass dip nib pen that i gave away last year um they that cinderella slipper one which was so so cool looking like i couldn't help myself you know and um 
pick that up there. So second one is a shop called Cute Things from Japan, which I hadn't seen before. I've definitely seen them on Instagram. I think I follow them there. So they, this is more of like your stationary, like literal stationary, like notebooks, washi tape, stamps, stickers, all of the cool stuff. But they're coming over from Japan, bringing some of their shop exclusive stuff, um, some things that were made for them. They're going to have some of the Eric Small Things stuff, which is a designer that I really, really like, um, has done some very cool stationary focused items. And we're going to talk about that in a minute. Um, so definitely, I think they will be very popular because what tends to happen at a lot of shows is we go, I'm speaking for myself here, I'll go and, you know, there's all these big pin purchases that I want to, I want to make or look at and, you know, I'll buy my, buy two or three pins and then I'm just kind of, you know, kind of taking in the rest of the show. And I end up buying a lot of just like smaller stationary, a lot of paper goods, washi tape, stickers, stamps, all that stuff. And uh-huh. cute things from Japan is going to have that kind of thing. So I'm sure they will be very, very popular uh, this week. Cause I think this might be their first San Francisco pin show, if I'm not mistaken. Um, it is not a boya's first San Francisco pin show. And this is the one Mike that it, right now is causing me the biggest FOMO problem. They have been posting some of their pen designs on Instagram of what they're bringing. And oh my goodness, like this is my type of pen. So I have one Aboya pen that I bought from them at San Francisco pen show, pre-pandemic San Francisco pen show. So I have one. They have been putting stuff on Instagram that is absolutely ridiculous. There are some very upsetting things on this Instagram page. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it's bad. Oh, like, boy. I, I'm happy I'm not going now. Yeah. Like, this, I've never gotten anyone to mule me something from a show just because, like, I have enough opportunities. I don't need to try to, like, like go nuts uh, in between there. But they are putting stuff out that is so right up my alley. That red, I am, white, white, and blue one? That's exactly me? the yeah. one. <laughs> I knew it. I knew it. I mean, we're 100%, like, we locked in on these things. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, Grab I want, that that's the link. one I want. <laughs> <laughs> that image, that entire image, all three of those pins, yeah. um, put that link in the show notes so people can see what I'm yeah. talking about. I and I think I was like embiggening that picture. I think the in-person view of that pin is going to be even better than what you can get on this feed. Um, I think like I was I was zooming in and putting it close up. It's like almost like got some texture color in there. It's mm-hmm. wild looking. So yeah, this is this is a problem. Like I'm... Like I would just have to fly out Friday and just have a return flight Friday. And and just because I would be done, I would be just completely done uh, with uh, on the first day, just going by a boya. Um, Luso fountain pens, Atelier Luso. Eric um, had a meet your maker um, on the blog in the last couple of months. His craftsmanship looks really, really cool. And I've never gotten to see it in person. So I've only seen mm-hmm. his work. Um, online and I think he's been to a few pen shows and I think we keep missing each other. Like he wasn't at last year's San Francisco pen show. Um, and I like whenever he's in, he's based in California. So he'll do some of the California shows. He doesn't go to all the shows. So anytime I've been out there, I've missed him. So, uh, I would be looking to swing by his table like pretty quickly and seeing all the wonderful stuff that he has, um, there for the show. Uh, my friend Daryl from Musubi is launching a new paper at San Francisco Pen Show, uh, his own in-house pen, uh, his own in-house paper, I should say. It's called Rasa, and I'm sure this is going to be a popular uh, topic of conversation at the Pen Show. Getting people to test it. This is the the release of it. So a lot of people will release new products at the San Francisco Pen Show, like just we had in, in DC. People releasing new um, new products there. So this uh, paper, he will have. Uh, at San Francisco, and I look forward to hearing what people think about it. It's really, really, uh, it, it looks really cool from the initial like post that he's put in the testing that he's done. It looks like it's going to be a really high quality fountain pen paper. Um, and Masubi's craftsmanship is just off the charts to begin with. Mm. So getting some of of this new paper, I would be very, very anxious to to get. I will say. And Daryl, uh, I have not talked to him before. I'm about to say this. There's only so much paper that can travel with him. Uh, I believe he's based in the Philippines. 
There's only so much paper. Anytime I've ever seen Daryl in person by Sunday, he's wiped out. Like there's very few things left. So if you're interested in uh, Masubi, um, you want to go there Friday or Saturday. How do you and, even do it? Because there's only that, so much like, paper you can travel with. How does he even do it? Yeah. <laughs> no, like <laughs> I seriously, don't know. like how? How do yeah. you do that? Do you right. know? Because... No, I don't. I, I, I don't know if he ships the boxes ahead of time, yeah. uh, I would guess. But I know uh, one time, there was been a couple years ago, he made a travel post and it just it just kind of wrecked my brain, right? Like on on like the, the things that he would go through because they just make notebooks, right? Mm. And that stuff is so expensive to just ship regularly, not much less like send it, you know, across the Pacific ocean mm. to a pen show. So yeah, um, you should, you should check them out um, pretty early if you're interested in that type of thing. So um, next up, Scogsy pens, my friend, Zach Scogsberg and his wife um, will be at the San Francisco pen show. They were a hit the last San Francisco pen show. I picked up a Macarta pen from them. He's making, if you look on his Instagram feed, um, some shorter pins that are like super cool and weird looking in the best way possible, like acrylic barrels, micarta caps, and vice versa, things like that. So I would definitely, uh, another person that sold out by Sunday, I think they even left because they were out of pins by Sunday. So you want to hit them early on your Friday and Saturday. Uh, take a look. I am sad that I'm going to miss my friend Matoshi from Stilo Art. So let me look. What can I tell you about Stilo Art? This is a table. If you have not been to the San Francisco Pen Show, and I think they've made it to DC like once, uh, some other people might have seen them. This is a table you have to see in person because of the craftsmanship that goes into these pens that they make at Stilo Art is some of the most impressive work you will see anywhere from any pen maker in the entire world. Right. This is this is a destination shop and a destination should be a destination table for you at San Francisco just to go see. Go to Stilo Art and look. And I, it's one of the more fascinating, um, fascinating pen companies uh, in the world to me. And it's just all kind of made in house and just beautiful wood and you know, different, you know, lacquers and Arushi finishes and, and just all kinds of unbelievable stuff. And they don't travel that much. Um, so this is a really, really great opportunity to see them and their work in person. Uh, finally, I wouldn't miss Yamamoto paper. Uh, my friend Taizo, I hate that I'm going to miss him this year. They bring, again, just paper. <laughs> I don't know. I'll, I'll have to ask him how they ship all the paper paper that they bring because i think they had like three tables last year uh just full of paper and i'm still use i'm literally staring at one of the pads that i i bought from him last year at san francisco that's what i use on my desk pretty frequently um because they'll make bank paper pads and sands into my river pads and i just use them a lot for testing and things like that so i love yamamoto paper definitely go see what they have to offer and this will be the place where you can go test out a bunch of different papers and build your own boxes full of papers. I'm assuming they're bringing that again this year where you could get these neat little, um, you know, pick like five packs of like, I don't know, three by probably not even three by three type of, uh, little cubes worth of paper and build your own. Like, and, uh, I, I did that last year and it was really, really fun. So, mm. Those are kind of like the top of my vendor list. Obviously, there's a million people I'm leaving off. My apologies to everyone I'm leaving off. And I did want to point out the classes, that they have some pretty unique classes. And if you haven't signed up now, you're probably out of luck on a lot of these. But there were three I wanted to point out. Well, two I wanted to point out and then a general category. One, Eric Small Things having a stamp class um, in partnership with uh, Traveler's uh, notebooks. So I'm sure that's probably like instantly sold out and we'll have a link in the show notes. You can go check them out. It, it would be worth sending emails. Like if you're very interested in this, I would go ahead and like still contact the show, even though you're probably by the time you listen to this, you're, they're probably long, long sold out. Um, the second one is the, a class I took last year with the aforementioned Taizo from Yamamoto paper and Bruce Iman from Bungu box. Every paper has an origin story. 
that was a massive highlight from for myself at last year's show and from everyone who was in that class. We had the best time like learning about papers um, from Taizo and Bruce. It was it was spectacular. And then one thing San Francisco does, they have a lot of different urban sketchers and journalers there. So there's all kinds of different journaling art sketching classes that we don't see at a lot of other shows. So definitely check out the different classes that they offer for that and uh, maybe take one or two and see what they have. But uh, it's, uh, it's going to be a great show. Mm -hmm. I definitely have the FOMO um, and I'm going to be watching. I'm sure we'll have some follow-up next week. You know, if we, if we get any good stories from there, I'm sure I will talk about it. And um, Kimberly will be there for the pen addict. Uh, I think she's working for Franklin Christoph there. Actually, she doesn't work this show because this is her local show. So she's too busy uh, helping people out during the week to actually work the show, but she'll have a write-up uh, should be hopefully next weekend uh, or next Friday. And, uh, I look forward to hearing all about it. So this is a new location. So definitely, I would love to hear your feedback on the show. I'm sure it's going to be great. The uh, the showrunners put on uh, they they do one of the best jobs in the business at making sure everything is uh, taken care of, handled, and wonderful for vendors and attendees alike. So I look forward to hearing from you. Hope everyone has a great San Francisco pen show this coming weekend. But as always, if you cannot attend a pen show, why don't you have a pen show at home with our sponsor, Pen Chalet? They have the products you need from your favorite brands. Whatever you're looking for, go to Pen Chalet to find it. They're going to have it. Whether you're looking for a new fountain pen, a new mechanical pencil, some inks, maybe you want a carrying case, or some refills, or a pen holder, no matter what it is. Go to Pen Chalet. They're always adding new styles of products every month. You can find new stuff. They're always doing discounts. Every couple of weeks, you can go to Pen Chalet and find some new prices on some excellent products. They have fast and reliable customer service. They also have a bunch of limited edition products and accessories. They do free shipping on orders over $75 in the U.S. They sell internationally with great shipping rates. Pen Chalet believes in low prices on high-quality pens of a 100% satisfaction guarantee. That's what they are all about. Go to penchalet.com. That's P-E-N-C-H-A-L-E-T.com and click the podcast link at the top of the website. Enter the password pen addict and you will get this week's special offers and the code you need to save 10% on anything at any time over at Penchalet. So I am seeing something new on Penchalet and I'm actually having to dig in here and try to read a little bit more about it off off the top, but they have some new glass dip nib pens. Ah. Uh, so the Pen Chalet um, El Dorado glass dip pen, and I'm trying to find out the specifications on these, but what they have is at this price. So it's Pen Chalet glass dip pens are each hand-blown individual pieces of art serving as reminders that we don't have to go on a quest for El Dorado, the lost city of gold. El so uh, they have a bunch of different styles of these glass dip nib pens. And if you haven't used a glass dip nib pen, the price that these are at, um, it's kind of a no-brainer type of That's thing to add into your order. Yeah, like if you're ordering ink, I would order a glass dip nib pen because they're great for ink testing, right? That's what I use. I don't necessarily write with my glass dip nib pens. You know, I'm not picking mm -hmm. one up to journal with, but I will pick, pick one up um, to experiment with ink with, you know, get a good feel of what the ink's like, play around with it a little bit. And you can, they're easy to clean. You know, you just dip in water, wipe them off. And, you know, you can try a bunch of different inks at, at one time. If you want to do your ink sampling, you know, writing on a coloring, things like that. That's a really, really great thing to do. Um, separately and not on the list and actually a good thing for a glass dip nip pen. I know Pen Chalet has been trying to get the... Uh, platinum Chokuru, the uh, the the blackest black uh, ink mic. So they do have the bottles now. It was originally just coming in a set that you could buy. Those sold out really quickly. Now you can buy the individual bottles. So you can find those on the website. And their um, their sale page, Mike, has a pen that's actually been on my shopping list. Um, this could be my pen show uh, purchase. I, I, I'm not because it's pretty expensive and maybe that's why it's like stashed down here at the bottom. But the Aurora Burano limited edition fountain stood pen. stood out to me. Yeah, <laughs> it's a great pen. I've seen this ever since it's come out. Like this is my kind of pen, right? The style of the material. It's like a very rainbowy, marbled type of pen with rhodium trim, gold nib, and the Aurora like 88 model, it looks like. 
um it's 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 very very cool looking and these types of pens usually don't go on discount um and it's not like a crazy discount but it's less than normal and it's a pretty cool pen so uh i am staring at that a little bit too hard so yeah definitely make sure you always whenever we do these pen chalet reads there's too many products for me to read out individually, you got to do a little bit of scrolling and sometimes mm -hmm. you'll find a surprise like that there at the bottom. So there you go. I mean, the thing that stuck out to me again is the price of this 3776 century. Yep. So yep. Good. So yeah, he's been keeping a few models on there. Yeah. So um, that's all. If you're ever looking for a 3776, I would stop there first and, and see which ones uh, Ron has available at Penchalet. P-E-N-C-H-A-L-E-T.com. Click the podcast link at the top of the website and enter the password Pen Addict. Our thanks to Pen Chalet for the support of this show and Relay FM. All right, our shout out this week is shout the S. The week. <laughs> we should we need a little uh, jingle for that. No, I like to uh, do it every time. <laughs> the SNS Collective, which it may not come uh, quickly to your memory, but I have shared them before. So, and this is a little bit of a follow-up to uh, us talking about raising funds for the uh, recovery from the fire and the devastation in, in Maui. So, this is a more direct link than I shared last week, and I wanted to make sure to put this in there. Mm. So... This is also uh, John Tello from Hello Tello Studios, uh, Tesori Pens, and the like. This is the site used for the different fundraisers, the different auctions, and the different products you can uh, purchase to help raise money and find like more direct like information about getting involved in helping. Right? You can you can just buy things as simple as stickers, right? And then you get entries into raffle for some of the pens that they're making. And then they have different auctions for pens um, with all of the proceeds going to to help out. So definitely go check out and bookmark um, the SNS Collective site. And we'll have the link in the show notes for everyone to check out. And they got some really cool things going on. Um, always trying to help out in the community and just uh, wonderful stuff. So um, please go check that out. Follow the links, you know, buy some stickers and uh, help support uh, everyone that's uh, that's involved in this. So it, it's really, really great to see that they have like a more just like direct website where you can find all this information. It's great. Got it. All right, Mike. I want right. to talk about a couple of products this week that snuck onto my radar. This one especially first, the Kaveco Ebonite Sport. Well, I have a question for you. Okay. Start off. Are you sure it's not Ebonit? <laughs> I am not sure. It well, is not Ebonit. That's what it Ebonit. says on the pen, Brad. It does. It does. I'm going to say Ebonite because... No, man. Ebonit. I, but you know what, actually? Is this like should, a different... Is this like... Is this German? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Like, is so that I how should, you say it in Germany, maybe? It it probably... And, and right. you're right. It, like, it is Ebonit on the... Yeah. On like etched onto the pen, like you know, you're the traditional. Um, if you're not seeing at home to see the picture that we have linked in the show notes, it does say, like you would say, uh, Caveco Brass Sport, and the, yeah. the brass would be in like the big uh, capitalized letters B R A S S. This is E B O N I T. So, yeah, so Ebonit, but uh, yeah, it is the Caveco Sport in with an Ebonite material, and I know. I'm, I don't have the full specs because this is, I usually get the specs like Kaveco will send out like these like PR sheets. Uh, and I haven't seen one come in for this, but this is on the Stilo Estile uh, Instagram. And I'd actually gotten a picture of this a couple of weeks ago, but I wasn't allowed to share yet mm. uh, because it hadn't been publicly released. Um, it's beautiful. And I'm wondering um, outside of Japan, I know Germany makes a, the, another, uh, their Ebonite is very, very popular. I'm assuming this is probably I mean, German Ebonite, given it's Kaveco. All right, so I'm struggling with this here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ebonite is a is oh. a brand name, which I did not know was the case. Like, okay. it's actually yeah. not like it's a brand. And okay, because Ebonite like, uh, is a hard Velcro. rubber. Yeah, because mm -hmm. like I just found like a German website. You know, I'm doing some investigation over here where they refer to it as Ebonite with an E, like. I don't think this is a translation thing. I didn't know mm. it was a brand, honestly, uh, but mm. turns same, out same. it is because it's just like a a brand of hard rubber. So from Wikipedia, Ebonite is a brand name for a material generically known as hard rubber obtained mm. by vulcanizing natural rubber for prolonged periods. 
So I don't understand. Yep. Maybe they've just decided to brand it that way. But once again, like that is just perplexing to me. But that's Kaveco, mm-hmm. man. I don't understand. <laughs> so you're not you're gonna understand this even less as I go forward uh, on this. So can you? This isn't really your game to play. Can you guess like how much you think this might cost? Because they don't list the price in here. But I got. I have an uh, estimate on well, what this is what gonna is, cost. R- refresh my memory. What is the standard Kaveco sport? Let's price so at? let's so the breakdown is like your classic plastic barrel sports are twenty five to thirty dollars. Then you get into aluminum, which is around sixty or seventy. Brass is starting to push around a hundred with stainless, and then bronze, which the, is the most recent, uh, was up around one eighty. And how much is the brass? Uh, so right around a hundred. It started out lower, but I think it's gone up over the years. It used to be 80 when it came out, but I think it's more like 100, 110 now. I mean, I don't want to, you know, I could say a crazy number, right? Mm -hmm. But like, realistically, so that I expect it will will be a premium because it's going to be rare and it looks Mm -hmm. really cool, right? Mm -hmm, But mm -hmm. I can't imagine pricing it higher than brass like i I don't know Mm -hmm. but that just feels like it would be more expensive to deal with so i'm gonna say 150 okay you're pretty far off i i played the same game with the person who sent me this and i was actually pretty close my guess was 325 and i was short okay so here's what here's what i'm gonna say before you tell me the price and i will react Mm -hmm. to that in a second my gut was saying like 350 because it was just sure. like this big special package. But then I mm-hmm. got thrown off by like trying to judge the cost of materials. Yeah. And I forgot, like I, I'd seen this image before. I forgot mm-hmm. it comes in like special packaging and stuff. So yeah, like yeah, my yeah. gut was saying 350, but I yeah. got completely thrown off by the price of the brass right. pens. So the special pack, special packaging has, looks like a special cartridge setup. It's got a yeah. clip. It's got a few other things. Um, the one benefit I had is they made a model called the Art Sport, which was was these nice acrylics and those were closer to 200 so i knew it was going to be like in the threes um it is not a piston filler so they have not made their piston filler yet i was like when i first saw the picture i was like "Ooh, is this a piston filler i was like oh no i see it now it's ebonite um it also has the a steel nib which i feel like if we're gonna go for this right if so i think I, I don't have the, a definitive price but i think the msrp is gonna be like 395 so 20% off that would put it like in the three, what's that, uh, 60, 340-ish range. So I was pretty close on my it's guess. A, it's a lot of money for a Kaveco of, of, of any Kaveco. material, right? Like it's a lot, it's a lot of money. But what I'll say in their defense is this is clearly a fan's pen, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. So like this mm-hmm. is a collector's pen. So, you know, go wild if you think your customers will want to, pay that but like mm-hmm. that is a lot of money for yeah. a pocket fountain pen yeah i actually don't have a problem with the price like it's not for me right like yeah. that's just too much especially with the i would if they told me it was 495 and it came with a 14 karat gold nib i'd be like i still wouldn't buy it but i'd be like well now we're just going for it right like i i appreciate like if you're giving me this fancy barrel i want you to just go for it all the way right they're giving us a clip the ink cartridges are a 10 pack of all of Kaveco's ink colors that's kind of cool right you get 10 individual little colors but i mean that's super cheap that's not really additive to the, to the price but like if i just go for it like i don't even know how many of these they're making like how limited it is or or whatever so more information will come out um, but I kind of want like I kind of want to just like lean into it like really big and charge even more, <laughs> which is kind of silly to say. I don't want it at this price. I don't want it at the more expensive price. But it's like, man, if I'm going like three fifty for an ebonite sport, I kind of want the gold nib, right? Or at at a minimum, premium nib. Are we going to get the premium nib with this one? You know how they did the premium nibs last year? Do you remember all that kerfuffle? Yes, I do know. The, the premium yep. steel nibs. Yep. So, yeah. Um, yeah, I don't I don't have the full spec sheet on this. So, I will follow up on this in the next week or two That's as they come out. But they're they're coming soon. I think they're going to be available in September. So, um, yeah, that was the first pictures I see. I think a lot of people are going to like this. I think it's going to do very well um, uh, even at that price. So, it's a it's a it's a complex issue. Kaveco has put itself in given 
like their standard pens uh, to like massively upgrade them like this. And they've done things like this in the past, but I almost want to see them go like even more. Just like turn this up to 11 and give me a gold nib. Yeah. Next product, Mike. I think this is turned up to 11, but in a very different kind of way. Did you get a chance to look at this beforehand? I, I did look at this. Okay. So what I the link I've provided Mike is the Yoseka Lab 2-month weekly planner. What yeah. is this, Mike? Can as someone who is not dialed into this as much as I am and has like really researched this, can you explain to me what this is or do you need me to do the explanation? Uh, well, because it took me it took gonna, me several times to sort it out. Right. I've looked at this two times today. Like I just looked at the images. I haven't read through all of the stuff, right? Because the yeah, words yeah, yeah, there's yeah. so many words on this page. And here's here's what my initial thought was like, well, this seems like too much. And mm-hmm. there is like a, a a thing. I feel like I, you know, maybe more than most people. Not probably not more than you, but more than most people. I am like, I've seen lots of layouts of of planners. Yes. Right. Because I buy them for research now. So I have exactly like sh- drawers of planners. And mm-hmm. like I've been trying to find a phrase to use and I haven't come up with it yet. But like I've seen a lot of these planners where I just feel like it is, there's just so many pages that you're supposed to fill out. Mm-hmm. Like that. Because I was like really trying to judge this with the journal, right? We have like two sections that you fill out every day. Mm-hmm. And I find some of these planners and stuff, you have like 20 sections you're filling out every day, right? Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. and it's like a lot. And this one, there are so many page layouts in this notebook. Like, I, mm-hmm. I genuinely cannot conceive of what you're supposed to do with it. You're supposed, you're supposed to, Mike, use this as a sampler to figure out what you really want. This is a sam- uh, This is a planner layout wow. sampler. Let me tell you, that mm-hmm. needs to be the product name, <laughs> right? Like, why doesn't this it say a, that? Th- I, it took me so long to sort this out, but this that's is what a this great is. idea. But I, yep. th- this product does not give me that. It gives me like <laughs> business crush it vibes. Like I've seen these kinds of planners, right? Where you're supposed to like. Write yeah. all this stuff down. Okay. Own the day. Crush it. Okay. This is a great <laughs> idea. Right? Like, But it took me a while to get there. Just like you. I'm glad we just went through this process. Uh, because all this is, is it's a very simpler, simple sampler set. Because of what you alluded to in the beginning, I don't know what format works for me. Yep. And how am I supposed to know this? Well, Yoseka has taken how many did they pick? Three monthly uh, and ten weekly spreads in varying formats. Now I will say yeah. I've done the thing that annoys me with people mm-hmm. is I didn't read, right? Like yeah, I have people that write lot. to me and they say to me, You should put this on the page and it's on the page. You know, like it is there. Like people are so mad that I didn't put a piece right. of information on the web page. Right. That they write to me to tell me that, but it is on the web page, right? So like I've done it. I just I think for me, it, the fact that this is called the two month weekly planner. Yep. I literally makes, went into this going, "Am right. I going to buy like a six pack of these for the year?" Exactly. I, I feel like the first <laughs> line explains it, right? The Osaka Lab two month weekly planner was designed by Bethany and Amy, originally aimed to create a kind of weekly layout sampler to help users find their ideal planners. Mm-hmm. But it's even hard to get to that because you're kind of just taking, like, what is this two month weekly planner? But they have gone on to say that they also, mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. they consider it like you can use it like that, but also you can just use it, like, just use it. Don't use yeah, it, it actually sampler. took me to look through the images to see, to, to for it to come true, to like wh- me like wrap my head around it because I saw the Midori monthly calendar layout, which I dislike. Uh, and once I saw that, I was like, Oh, there, there's all the formats in here. Then I like really went into the description. Hmm. I was like, Oh, I see. And that's why it's only like nine fifty, right? It's, it's inexpensive, right? Because it's, it's supposed to be just kind of this random sample mm-hmm. thing that you, you pick up, try this out. And then you go back and you say, Hey, this is the one I like, which notebook contains this layout. 
So it's really cool, but it, it took me so long to get yeah. there. So branding is hard. It's tough. It's tough. But I thought they. I think they did a really good job on it. Like this is great, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they could have these in their in their shop and in you know not even having to make a purchase. Like if you're local, they could just have these laid out on the shop so people can like look at some of these other formats, right? Because if you're looking at a shelf with 20 different planner layouts on it, you know, a lot of them are sealed up or whatever, and you can't really get a good idea of what's going on on the inside. They can have these in the shop for people that are there physically say, Hey, look at this. What do you think about this? What, what are you looking for? And they could point to something in there and say, Oh yeah, this is what brings it. So it's super smart. I really, really like this product. Speaking of products I like, Mike, tell me about our good friends at Factor. Yes, this episode is brought to you by our friends at Factor. With a busy fall season just around the corner, you may be looking for some wholesome, convenient meals for your jam-packed days. Factor is America's number one ready-to-eat meal kit, and it can help you fuel up fast with chef-prepared, dietitian approved ready-to-eat meals delivered straight to your door. You'll save time, eat well, and stay on track with your healthy lifestyle. With Factor, you can skip the extra trip to the grocery store. Their fresh, never-frozen meals are ready in just two minutes, and you have more than 34 flavor-packed options to choose from each and every week. And if you want something special, level up with their Gourmet Plus options, prepared to perfection by chefs and ready to eat in record time. So you can treat yourself to upscale meals with premium ingredients like broccolini, leeks, truffle butter, and asparagus. Plus, you can keep your energy up with their Lunch to Go, factors effortless, wholesome meals like grain bowls and salad toppers, no microwave required. Then, to finish your order, choose from 45 add-ons, including breakfast items like apple cinnamon pancakes, bacon and cheddar egg bites and smoothies, and so many more. Brad, can you tell uh, the Panda listeners a little bit about some of the food you got from Factor? Yeah, so the one, there was there were two. Uh, Factor sent me a box that covered a week worth of meals, which is one kind of microwave meal a day. Or, um, I think it was six that I that I got. So... The two, my two favorites, I think, were a vegan chili that they had with like mm. a cornbread dressing, which and this crema sauce, which was just like a knockout. And then they had a uh, a pork chop with the uh, the broccolini and uh, a different, um, gosh, what was it? A uh, cauliflower, uh, like a cauliflower um, mashed potato type of uh, type of uh, cauliflower and. I can't get them out of my head. They were so good. And I've been telling my wife over the past like week is like, I need to reorder these factors because what I use them for, they're so perfect for me working from home that I can have like a good, healthy lunch. It takes me like, they literally take two minutes in the microwave because they're not frozen, right? These are meals you order with an intent to eat them like within the next week. And, you know, if you eat one a day, you can order the six pack and you're good for a week. So I'm going to reorder these as soon as we're done with the show, because I've been I've been actually missing the ease and quality of these meals. Um, The only problem for me is that they also sent me some smoothies to test out and my son got a hold of them and he would not shut up about them. So I might be I might have to be in for some smoothies on, on top of the meals as well. But the meals were um, a knockout. They are the absolutely perfect thing for me to have for lunch. And my wife can take them to work for lunch. My kids have been eating them on the weekend. So they are fantastic, like single serving, high quality, easy to easy to fix meals. And I, I, I'm, I'm a big fan. I'm, I'm going to order some uh, as soon as we're done today because I've been uh, running a little bit behind and and getting some in, so I'm ready. You can also rest assured that you're making a sustainable choice because Factor offset 100% of their delivery emissions to your door, along with sourcing renewable electricity and featuring sustainably sourced seafood. Head to factormeals.com slash penaddict50 and use the code penaddict50 to get 50% off your first box. That's the code penaddict50 at factormeals.com slash penaddict50 for 50% off your first box. Our thanks to Factor for the support of this show and all of Relay. FM. So last week I did just a little little segment on all of the things I'm working on for mostly the Panatic blog and you know sh- things I'm sharing on stream. So one of the things I forgot to mention in the San Francisco Pen Show is I did a write up of my ink sampling. 
that I had to make all of these ink samples for the San Francisco Pen Show for an ink testing station. So I said I was going to write up that article Mm. um, for Monday, which I did. I was able to get that done and talked about all the tools that I used to make this happen and how I got it all done. And I was glad to get that thing. (laughs) It's called a pipettor. So you, so Mike's looking at an image where you take this kind of little handheld device and you attach, see the long, long pointy tube thing. Uh You attach that on there and you have like this, connected together it's probably 14 inches long i think it's longer than a foot (laughs) by the time you put the tip on there so what it does if you look on the little dial of the pipetter so you'll see it says Mm 4.00 it gives me an exact four milliliter draw from a bottle every time i push like the knock button on the top of the did you get this from mary beth (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> no. Okay. <laughs> my so uh, my wife's a pharmacist, so that's why I'm like switching. <laughs> like, are you stealing pharmacy equipment? <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I definitely had some sketchy things going on at my desk uh, with all this equipment, but it was so much fun and it was so easy to use. And I, I put it on Instagram, and I know uh, Van S Pens they do a lot of ink samples. So Lisa Van S chimed in saying, "Yeah, one of my uh, one of our employees did a thousand ink samples." one Saturday wow. uh, using a tool like this. Because I guess um, it's just it's, a case of pressing two buttons, right? And that's it? Yes. It's so fast, right? Once you have the the um, the volume dial set, it's just, it's like two clicks. You click to draw, click to, um, click to uh, deposit into the vial, and you just go back and forth, back and but forth. How do like, you... You could probably do a whole bottle uh, in vials in less than a minute. How do you deal with ink mixing? Uh, you, so the vials are uh, reusable. So as soon as you finish uh, and want to swap colors, there's like an eject button, which is one of the most fun parts. It just like shoots the nib off of there. Just go clack and it fires off. So I would just put those in a cup and grab a spare one. So you, bu- you buy like 100 tips, but right. they're not disposable. They're reusable. So I just put them all in a cup and you just run them under the sink and let them dry. And I would These are like plastic tips that go on the end, mm-hmm. right? So like mm-hmm. you, if you were changing color, you just pop that off and then grab another yep. one and then you wash them all out later on and they're ready to use again. Exactly. Okay. Because I was saying like that would be wild. You're just like washing it each time. But yeah. Nope. Okay. Nope. It's so fast and so easy. And they they rinse out like super. They, like they're medical devices, right? Mm-hmm. They're they have, they're made out of good plastic where they're not getting stained by even by the inks, even though they're not meant to use use for that. They cleaned out flawlessly. I did, I didn't have to throw any away. Like the little handheld pipettes that I use, the little plastic things that a lot of people have seen, those stain, right? So I would end up having to throw some of those out. So yeah, it was really great. I I had more fun doing, I didn't think when I started this project, there was any way like I would end up with something like this. And I'm actually just kind of fascinated by the whole thing. And I'm glad I, I can't believe this, so. this piece of equipment is just $35. That's yeah. awesome, right? Like, yep. yeah, this is great. How fun. <laughs> It was fun. So it worked out well. I could knock out these samples. Um, I ended up doing 147 samples in total because I was like, well, if I'm going to take like one sample from an ink bottle, I'm going to go ahead and take three samples from an ink bottle, one to send to San Francisco, and then two more for me to just have and give away later. So I'm going to do some like ink sample giveaways. That's just a fun thing. It's a good way for me to get rid of some ink too, right? Like mm-hmm. I have too much ink on the shelf. Um, and it's a, it's a good way to, to share share some of my ink with other people and uh, really fun, really fun process. So that project got done. The next project is the, uh, the 15 pilot nibs, right? So the 14 carat number 10 size nibs that pilot uses for, uh, in the, the nine twelve lineup, the pilot custom heritage nine twelve lineup is the primary place. You can pick one of these 15 nibs from, you know, like our friends at Pen Chalet will have all of these options for that pen. So I have the full testing set of that. And I said, that's my next project I was going to work on. So I started this week in an effort to write it up next week. Um, what I did yesterday was I wrote with all of these nibs. Now, the caveat here is Pilot preferred that I only dip nip, dip test these pens into an ink bottle that they provided, the Takasume. 
Hiroshi Zagumi. I, I know. I yes, it's gonna be. That's gonna be the caveat at the start of my write up. <laughs> it's not the best way to test but all like, these nibs. Why? Like, what's going? I don't know. Happen to them? I don't know. I don't know. But I'm following their rules, right? It's their yep, rules. Yep, yep, yep. You've been given this I, thing. Yes. If you want to well, take, if you want to accept it, you've got to yes. play by the rules. But that's I don't. I do not understand. That. Well, I, I already broke the rules. Just, you'll be proud of Good me. Man. I just went. Sh- I just went straight in, and I inked like five <laughs> pens immediately. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and then my my friend Mike Madison from Ink Dependence, he's like, because he had this set before me. He's like, you're inking the pens. They didn't allow me to ink the pens. Like they said, I just had to dip them. And I was like, oh really? Maybe I should go read this email. And sure enough, <laughs> sure enough, I broke broke the rules uh, from the jump. But anyway. The, the pilots nibs and feeds are good enough to where I could get a pretty good test from just dipping them. But it, that is still, that's, a, that's a big asterisk when I, when I write this up, like dipping and filling is not the same uh, thing, but I was able to manage and it actually worked out pretty well. Um, after I got a few dips and writing samples out of the way, I felt more comfortable with the accuracy of what I was getting for the nibs. So I tested all 15 nibs on stream just to get my, I needed a baseline to start with. Right. Mm -hmm. So what I've decided to do when I first got these nibs, I'm like, well, I'm going to do an Instagram post for each nib and take a picture of each nib and tell you about each nib. And I was like, that's a good idea. And I was like, well, I would like to compare them some way between each other, like all together. So I'll write um, a few blog posts with a few categories of nibs because I think there's some clear kind of groupings in these this batch of 15 nibs. You can kind of like sort out if you like to write with fine lines. Here's the group of nibs you should consider if you like, you know, uh, a wider line if you need to be creative. Here's like the groups. And I was going to do an individual article for each of those. But I think what I'm going to end up doing in the end here is I'm going to do one big blog post and I'm going to rank all 15 nibs from one to 15 in my personal, uh, my personal ranking of all these. And then this is going to allow me to say, Hey, you know, this may not be for me, but it might be perfect for you type of thing, but I'm still going to kind of like tie it into like my personal feelings on all these nibs. So I needed to get them all out at once go through them all at once, dip them all at once, write with them all at once to get kind of this baseline before I can have an idea and write them up. So I did that yesterday and there are a couple of surprises. One, I was really anxious to try the Waverly nib. So maybe we can find a link to in the show notes to put the Waverly nib in here. So this is a turned up nib. It's not really a food a nib. It's not that much of a turned up nib. And I was looking forward to testing this nib out and seeing what type of line variation I could get because you should have a little bit wider horizontal lines, more architecty, where your horizontals are wide and your verticals are thin. And I really wasn't getting a lot of variation with this. So I'm actually yeah, this is not turned up very much. Yeah. This so I was hoping up looks like a broken fountain pen. Yes, it's it's very slight turn up. And the idea is that the lower your writing angle, the wider the horizontal and the higher your writing angle, the finer the horizontal. Well, that's almost like too much work Mm -hmm. to like I could get the pen up to 90 degrees like vertical on the page and it would write awesome. But it's like, do I want to do that? Right. (laughs) So (laughs) I was hoping for a little bit more on that one. So that one might be a little, that one was one I was hope I had high hopes for and was a little bit let down on the opposite side of the ledger. Mike, I, I can't believe these words are coming out of my mouth. The pilot broad nib is spectacular and it's not even close to the broadest nib in the set, but I was going through these pens in order to test them from the finest lines to the widest lines. And then, then the more creative nibs at the end. And I got into like the soft fines and the fine mediums and the super fine medium and the medium. And I was like, yeah, I mean like these are fine. They're just like medium, regular old medium nibs. And it's like, whatever. And I was like, all right, here comes the broad and I'm going to hate these. And like, this is going to stink. I was like, 
I like this better than the medium and the fine nib. I, I don't know what it was um, about this. I don't like round tips, like fine, like, excuse me. I don't like like broad round nibs, right? Like I like wide stub nibs. Those are fine because you get line variation in them, but general stock broad nibs or medium nibs with just your basic round tipping for writing generally don't work with my handwriting, but I kind of like this broad a lot. So I'm going to, I'm going to test that one out a little bit more. Um, and Man, then I could have told you this, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Pilot broad, baby. Let's go. Yeah. Let's go. It's, it's like legitimately good. I know. Like, I don't, I don't know that it's going to crack like the top five, but it's going to be way higher than you would think it would be for me personally. Yeah. Right. So, um, the last one and maybe the biggest surprise, I don't know. The broad was probably the biggest surprise. Um, the Sue tab, which is their stub nib. It's called SU. Um, it, I have had one of these before and I didn't care for it. And to the point where I actually got rid of it. Um, because there wasn't enough line variation and it it just didn't, it, it wrote more like a standard broad nib. Well, this one, this Sue tab nib is exactly what I expected from my original one that I bought. And if I can get a nib that writes like this, I would be all over their, their stub nib because it has good enough line variation and it's still like, it's in that lower 1.0 line width range. Like maybe like it's, so you get a lot of stock nibs, Yovo stock stub nibs are 1.1 and 1.5 nib. I think it's like in between those, which is a good place to be because I prefer the 1.1s, but I like writing with the 1.5s. This is kind of in between there and to be able to get that with a gold nib and in one of Pilot's pens, I think that's pretty compelling. Like that's going to be, that's probably going to be like a top five nib. The, you know, the broad nib is probably going to be in the middle five and then the Waverly nib is probably going to be in the bottom five. And I, I think all of those, all of those nibs I would have had in the opposite spot to what I would think they ended up to be, which is mm. a fun experiment to have. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to write these all up in a personal ranking, hopefully for Monday uh, next week, and to be able to detail out what you might be looking for, what people are looking for if they're shopping for a pilot nib. And under the under the idea that, hey, here's what I think personally for me, but here's how I write and this is why. So you might consider some of these other things. So I think that's where I'm at for next week. So it's been, it's been an eye opening experience, even though I'm having to dip all these nibs. Um, I think it's going to work out. Okay. Even though that'll be the, like I said, the huge uh, asterisk at the beginning of the, the article I write next week, but I'm, I'm looking forward to it now. So now that I've gotten them all tested all in one shot and getting to compare them, um, yeah, it, it's going to be pretty cool. I'm very, very happy with what I've seen so far and uh, learned a lot of things about some of these nibs, So, which is uh, the best part about the whole thing. I'm excited to see uh, the results of this. Yeah, it's actually going to cost me money, which I didn't think uh, going into it. <laughs> I, I think I'm going to have to get a suit tab, so spoiler alert. I'm very, uh, I'm intrigued to see more of what that looks like because that one, yeah. I'm struggling a little bit to 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 fully understand. Yep. Why it's not st- like what's different between it and a regular stub? Like mm-hmm, mm-hmm, that. So mm-hmm. I'll be keen to see the like the writing samples and stuff like that. Yes. But then is always the thing with me of like, will literally any of these work the way I expect with my weird handwriting? Right. That's I. That's why you like the broad. Yep. Yeah, because yep. it's forgiving, right? Like I find it yeah. very forgiving. Right. Um, and so you can't beat that and for me. And see, I'm very much the opposite. I like rigidity and not, mm-hmm. I don't mean firmness. I like edges and sharpness because I don't write in cursive. I don't write flowy. I write in a block print style, right? So it's, um, it, those, that fluidity doesn't work for me in my handwriting, but this one, this one's pretty good. So there you go. Very cool. All right. If you want to find the links to everything we discussed today, it's very simple. They should be in your podcast app. But if they're not, you can always go to relay.fm slash penaddict and this episode slash 578. This is episode 578 of the show. You'll find links there for everything we've spoken about, including 
tickets to our live show. Go to relay.fm slash London to learn more about that. And hopefully we'll see you live and in person next summer. If you want to find Brad online until next week, go to panaddict.com. That's where he's going to have all of this pilot stuff. And I'm sure a bunch of images will find their way to Instagram. Mm-hmm. Brad is panaddict on Instagram. You can also find him as panaddict on your favorite social network of choice. Uh, except probably, well, I mean, except X, but I don't think you were <laughs> there anyway. I'm not on blue, so. Yeah, I'm not there anyway. I, I exist on Blue Sky. I haven't looked at that in like a month, so I I, I've never posted over. there. I yeah, I've never is, posted there. I look at th- I look at threads probably once a day. I just don't post much there, but mm-hmm. I, I keep looking at it, so maybe I'll eventually start posting. But I'm still mostly on Mastodon if you need me quickly. Brad also streams three times a week. Go to twitch.tv slash penaddict and you can find Brad streaming all of your favorite stationary products. You did the uh, the, the, the ink thing on stream too, right? So like fun yeah, stuff like that yeah. too. So there's some, uh, I have the replays of that in a, on my YouTube channel where like you can go back and see. Like when I talk about these Twitch streams, you don't have to be there. Like I save off the videos and they're on a YouTube channel. Uh, you can just search for the penaddict. I think it's called the penaddict channel. Uh, because most of the names were were taken, so you can see all my like my initial experimentation with all these pilot nibs. I did that yesterday. It's up on YouTube. I'll put a link to your YouTube in the show notes. Thanks. So you can find it easily if they want to. Uh, you could also find Brad's products over at SpokeDesign.com. Uh, I am at iMike, I-M-Y-K-E, and you can find my work over at CortexBrand.com. Thank you so much to Factor and Pen Chalet for the support of this week's episode, and we'll be back next time. Until then, say goodbye, Brad. Goodbye, Brad. <laughs>